All right, Shavu, say good morning, good morning. It is a great schos, Baruch Hashem, to be here with all of you and to be able to begin the new parak of Meseches and Nazir together. Let us begin by thanking all of our sponsors to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Adar. Stephen Terry's in for dedicating all the Shimon Drushos this month in memory of Terry's father, Dr. Harry Khan, Tzvi Hirsch Ben Yosef Akoyan on the occasion of his 10th yard site. We thank Paul and Kathy Pollock, our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Adar, for dedicating all the Shimon Drushos this month in memory of Paul's grandfather, Zechariah Ben Zechariah, and his grandmother, Dina Bas Dov. Our week of learning sponsors, Yehuda and Bracha Buchwalter, for dedicating all the Shi'urim this week in this in the Schos in the of the Neshama of Asher Zalik Ben Yaakov Yehuda Halevi Buchwalter, whose Shloshim, whose Shloshim is Friday the third of Adar. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Neshama. Rebose, with that, let us let us begin. So we, as I mentioned before, we are starting at the beginning of the new parak. A really exciting daf of Gemara ahead of us today. So, say, so we, today's daf is Lamed Aleph 31, and we are picking up in Yerat Hashem at the Mishnah on Lamed Amid Beis 30b. So the Mishnah says as follows: really fascinating sugya that has a ramification by Nazirus, but ultimately is not solely about Nazirus. So the Mishnah says as follows: Beishamai Omrim Hekdish Taos Hekdish. Beishamai says that even a mistaken Hekdish. Now we'll discuss the parameters of this statement. But what it sounds like over here is that a person is making something hectic by accident. I'm consecrating something accidentally. And the Mishnah tells me that even an accidental consecration, according to Beishamai, is a valid consecration. Namely, the item is consecrated. Top of Lamed, Aleph 31, Ubeisol, Ubeisol, say, ain't hectic. Beisol says, no, Haloch a mistaken hectic does not create a valid consecration. Okay, so what's the case? Ketzad. So here's the Mishnah's case. Now, both say the case itself is, is, is intriguing as we're going to see. Ketzad. Amar Shar Shachar Shiyatsami Beisi Rishon. Hari Yuhatish. It's the following case. We'll call him Ruvain. So Ruvain says, the first black ox. Or actually, let's go ahead and Shar Shachar Shiyatsami Beisi Rishon. The black ox which walks out of my house first. Hare Hu Hekdish. That ox is Hekdish. Okay? First, First black, all right, the black ox that walks out of my house first will be hectish. Okay, fine. Now what happens? The yatsa lovan. <laughs> so now what happens? A white ox walks out of his house first. So what's the halacha? What's the halacha? The halacha is, um, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, let me just shut something off here. Okay, good. So, so fine. So good. One more time. What's the case? So Ruvain says, the black ox that walks out of my house first ultimately should be hectish. The yatsa lavan, but a white ox walks out first. So what's the halacha? Beishamai omrim hektish. Beishamai says it's hektish. Now I will say, what it sounds like over here is, Beishamai is saying that the white ox is going to be hektish. White ox is going to be hektish. Or Beisila omrim Beisila say, ain't no hektish. Basil says, no, it's not hectish. Okay, so I'll say, so now the Gemara is framing the case ultimately here of hectish taos, mistaken hectish. So once again, I say, the black ox that walks out of my house first will be hectish. Only one little detail a white ox walks out first. Beishamai says, it's hectish. Basil says, it's not hectish. Okay, fine. Next, another case. Dinar zav shiyale biyadi rishon, hareyu hectish. 
the gold dinner that I pick up first will be hagdish. Va'ala shal kasef, and I end up picking up a silver dinner first. So Beishamai omru hagdish. Beishamai says, presumably, the silver dinar is considered to be hagdish. Ubeisila omrim eno hagdish. Beisila says, no, it's not hagdish. Okay, that's case two. Case three. Chavis shalgayin shetale biyadi rishona. Right? I say, the barrel of wine that I pick up first will be hagdish. Hari hagdish. Va'osa shal shemen. But I end up picking up a barrel of oil first. What's talacha? Beishamai omrim hagdish. Beishamai says it's hagdish. Ubeisila omrim eno hagdish. And Beisilo says, ultimately, again, it's not hagdish. So therefore, I will say, fundamental machlokas. A person makes a something, an item, hagdish by accident. And I will say, the way that the Mishnah seems to be framing these cases is, I had in mind to make one item hagdish. It turns out that I picked up another item. Beishamai says, a mistaken declaration of hagdish is effective and binding. Beisilo says, it is not. Okay, so now let's analyze the case a little bit. So says the Gemara. Beishamai Omrim Hegdish. My time out the Beishamai. So we'll say, what is Beishamai's logic? In other words, remember, in general, Hegdish is the act of consecrating something to the Beishamikdash. So why would Beishamai say that Halacha Lamaisa, a mistaken declaration, would be binding? In other words, what's, what's the logic of that statement? To which the Gemara says, Dial Finon, Trilas Hegdish. Misov Hektish. This is very interesting because they learn out the beginning process of Hektish. I should say they learn out the beginning of the process of Hektish from the end of the process of Hektish. Now, both say, when I understand what beginning of the process of Hektish is, right? What's the beginning of the process of Hektish? That's when a person is Makdish something, right? The beginning of the process of Hektish is when you declare something as consecrated. What's the end of the process of Hektish? So we'll say over here, the Gemara is referring to that as the process of Tamura. Remember again, what's Tamura? Tamura means you're Maktish an item. I'm not, that's right, I consecrate an animal. This animal is going to be an Ola. And then I decide to go ahead and swap animal A for, swap, for animal B. That's called Tamura, a forbidden swapping. And Halach, let me say again, Halach is that both animals are considered to be Kodesh. So now watch this. So Veshama says, we learn out the initial consecration from Tamura. What does this mean? Here we go. Matmura, matmura, afilu betaos, av hektish afilu betaos. Beisham is actually very interesting. Actually, very interesting. What happens if halacha lemaisa you accidentally perform an act of tamura? Right? In other words, if, if you take a quick look at the rush for just a moment, so the rush is in the left hand margin, misov hektish, tamura kari sov hektish, lefish hektishasa by mikach acheres. So, we'll say, so again, once again, the rush is just bringing down that Timura is called the end of Hagdish. So look at the next rush. If you accidentally made something a Timura, now, again, the way the Gemara actually frames the case is you had in mind to make something a Tamura for an Ola, but instead you made it a Tamura for a Shlamim. So the halacha is, it works. So just like Shogig works, and what we call at the end of Hekdish, 
by Tamura, right? You make a mistake in the way you swap out an animal, but yet the swap is still binding and you're in violation of Tamura. So too a mistake will work at the beginning of Hektish as well. And even if you meant to be Maktish, one thing, but it turns out that you're Maktish, another thing, your act of Hektish will work and will be binding. That's the logic of Beishamai. Fascinating idea. Beisel and Beisel say, Hanimili Tamura. Why are you linking the initial process of consecration with the process of Tmura? Okay, by Tmura there's a different drasha. By Tmura there's a drasha that says that even if you made you meant to make one item or you made you you intended to make one type of Tmura, but you inadvertently made another type of Tmura, that your Tmura designation is binding. But that Basila says why does that have anything to do with initial consecration? Initial consecration only works if it's done bekavana, done with intention, and ultimately, again, done in the way that a person had, well, done with intention, done with the way a person intended to, to, to execute. But if a person ultimately, again, was maktish something betos, it doesn't work. So therefore, I both say, what's coming out over here is Gimara saying like this. Let's take a step back. We have a fundamental machlokis beshamay and beshelal about hektish betaos. You consecrate something, and you consecrate it with a mistake. Beshogeg, right? You know, well, it's not really beshogeg, but and you had you had intention to consecrate an item in one way, but circumstances materialized in a different way. You had in mind to go ahead and be makdish, the first ox that would be black. The first, or I should say, the first black ox that would come out of your home. To be to be hectic. It turns out that a white ox came out. So Beishamai will say the white ox is Kodesh. What's the logic? Because essentially hectic is comprised of bookends. There's the initial consecration, and what we would call the final stage in hectic, although it's illegal, is Tamura. Just like Tamura is can be accomplished even Beshogeg. You meant to make an animal a Tamura for an Ola, but instead you made it a Tamura for a Shlomim. That Tamura works. So just like the end process of Hekdish is accomplished even Bitaos, so too the beginning process of Hekdish is accomplished Bitaos as well. Basilo says, why are you linking those two things? They have nothing to do with each other. While I will agree with you that in Tamura, if you make an animal a Tamura Bishogeg, the Tamura designation works. When it comes to actively designating something as Kodesh, it only becomes Kodesh if your intention materializes. But if your originally articulated intention does not materialize, the Kodesh, the Hektish status is not created. Fine. So that's the mech- that's Machlokis. Let's say a person were to say, let's say a person were to say, animal A should be a tamura for animal B, but the tamura should only take place at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, midday. So the Gemara says, Would the tamura designation take place immediately? Of course not. Again, he'll say, this is actually interesting, Kasha. The person were to say, I want animal B to be a Tamura for animal A at midday. So they say, Beishamai, do you say that the Tamura takes place immediately? No, when does the Tamura take place? At midday. So too, the Gemara says over here, if a guy says the first black ox, right? The black ox that comes out of my house first should be Hekdish. So why does Hekdish devolve 
upon the first ox, which is white, that comes out of the house. In other words, we'll say, just think about the case of the Mishnah for just a moment. I say, Lashon of the Mishnah is, the black ox, which comes out of my house first, should be Hegdish. What happens? A white ox walks out of my house. Beishamai says, ah, the white ox is Hegdish. Gemara says, why? Why? In other words, if a person were to say, my animal should be a Tamura at midday, would anyone say that the Tamura is accomplished now? Let's say now it's uh, at 6 or 8 in the morning. Would a person say, oh, the Tamura takes place now? No, a person would say the Tamura takes place at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So, so too, if a person said, the first, the black ox that comes out of my house first, even if a white ox comes out first, the truth is the animal should not become coalition until a black ox comes out of my house. That's what I articulated. Why does the white ox, which comes out first, become Kodesh? What's going on over here? Um, Rapapa, Rapapa says it's actually very interesting. If you look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says, Rashi says, um, actually, no, let's, let's, we'll come back to that. So, good. Let's see. Um, Rapapa, the Kachne Rishon, Rishon. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So Rapapa says, no, no, no. Look at what he said. The guy said, Shor Shachar Shiyotza Mi Beisi Rishon. So Beis Hillel says, really the emphasis over here is on Rishon. What's my intention? My intention is really to go ahead and consecrate the first animal which comes out of my house. That's really the intention over here. I say, therefore, again, therefore, although I said black, Lemaisel, what I really, the emphasis was really on the first ox that came out. What was the first ox that came out in this case? It was a white ox. And therefore, the white ox is going to be Kodesh. If you take a look at Rashi for just a moment. So Rashi says over here, Rashi's will come to the Rashi also. The Kachnema Rishon, the Haki Ka'amar Shachar Rishon, Shiyetzi'e Hektish, the Mashma, the Isle Shvarim Shkorin Harbe. So we'll say, so now watch this. So actually, this, this is very interesting. So actually, before we get to Rashi, so the Gemara says, But one second. So now we're suggesting that according to Shamai, what really happens over here is like this. The guy, what am I saying in the Mishnah? The black ox, which comes out of my house first. So we always thought up until now that the emphasis was on black. It turns out, says Rabbi Papa, what's the emphasis on? The emphasis is on first. The emphasis is on first. That's really what the emphasis is on. And therefore, again, when the first one comes out, ultimately, again, even though it's white, that's what's going to be Hagdish. I says the Gimbarba one second, but I said a black ox. Obviously, again, I wasn't just saying a black ox for no reason. To which the Gemara says, Milo Askin and the Lesley Elahai. Are we not talking about where maybe the guy only has one black ox? It could very well be where he has two or three black oxes. So I will say, Basilo disagrees with Beisham. So here's what's interesting. So according to Papa says, really, Beisham holds that what's happening over here is the guy's really makbid to say, that Allah the first ox that comes out ultimately again should be Hagdish. Should be Hagdish. Now, I will say, what's interesting is the way Rashi understands Rapapa's answer over here is as follows. Now look at Rashi. The way Rashi understands this case is as follows. We're talking about a guy who has multiple black oxes. 
So what happens? So I will say, this is actually pretty wild. So Rapapa says, if we just frame this according to Rashi, again, the Rashi has a little bit of a different understanding here, but we'll go with Rashi, that what Rapapa is saying is like this. Really what the guy is saying is, listen, he's got a couple of different, he's got a couple of black oxes. And what he says is, the first of my black oxes to come out, ultimately, again, will be Kodesh. And therefore, when Beishamai says, when Beishamai says, ultimately is Kodesh, he means the first black ox to come out amongst the black oxen, ultimately, again, will be Kodesh. Beishilel says, Beishilel says, here's the problem. Here's the problem. If that's what he really meant to say, he shouldn't have said the first, remember, Lashon of the Mishnah was, Shor Shachar Shetim Beisi Rishon. The first, right, the black ox that comes out of my house first. So, which sounds like he's talking about the first ox that comes out. If he's talking about the first black ox amongst my multiple black oxen, he should have said, Shiyetse Birishon, not Shiyetse Rishon. Okay. Amrali Rav Meir. So, what's that? It's Rapapa. We're going to see a couple of different interpretations. Amrali Rav Meir and Shravashi. Hi, Hektish Petalosu, Hektish Pekabonahu. But one second. If that's the case, then this is not a case of Hektish Petalos. This is a case, ultimately, again, of Hektish Pekabono. He has specific intent about a, the first black ox amongst the black oxen. Mishum da'atye lidibure kamo. To which, ultimately, again, the problem over here, says the Gimara, is that his wording is misleading. That's ultimately, again, what's the problem. Remember, again, essentially, what's problematic over here is, on one hand, he's saying, Shor Shachar. And on the other hand, he's saying, Rishon. So the difference, the difficulty over here is, where is his hakpada? Is his hakpada, is he focusing ultimately over here on the black, the blackness of the ox, the black ox? Or is he focusing over here ultimately on the first item to come out of his home? So we'll say, are we saying now? So we'll say, here's what I want to point out. According to, according to Rav Papa, according to Rav Papa, this is not really a case of Hekdish Betals, right? According to Rav Papa, the way they're interpreting Beishamai's statement is, the guy's multiple black oxen, and he says, the first of my black oxes to come out of my home is going to be Hekdish. That's what he means to say. And Allah Lamaisa, when the first black ox comes out, that's the one that's going to be Kodesh. So it sounds like according to Rav Papa, this is not a case of Hektish Betaus, in which case, again, perhaps, according to Rav Papa, Beishamai does not hold that Hektish Betaus is called Hektish, to which the Gemara says, Visavri Beishamai Hektish Betaus Lohavi Hektish Vachanam, we learn, but listen to this. Mishin Nadra Ben Nazir Ben Nishol Lachachamim Betiro, listen to this. Guy became a Nazir, called Ruvain. Ruvain became a Nazir. And I will say, what happened? He remember you can get out of your Nadir Naziros through Hataras Nedarim. So Ruvain becomes a Nazir, and then ultimately again he goes to a Chacham for Hataras Nedarim. The Chacham releases him from the Nedar. And I will say, go back to our previous Sugya, he had already set aside an animal for his carbon. First concluding, first concluding Nedinazirus. So what's Talakha will say now once he has Hataras Nadaran for his Nedinazirus, Tate Vitira Bader. But remember we learned this halacha that as long as the animal was unspecified, 
and not specifically set aside for anything, then what's the halacha? Once there is hataras nedarim, ultimately again the animal is unconsecrated and just simply goes back, joins the rest of the flock. Amru beisilu beishamai. So ultimately, again, so don't you agree that this is a case of hektish betaos? Right? But nevertheless, even though it is a case of hektish betaos, the animal should still be able to go back and just rejoin the rest of the flock. The Bible says the fact that the Basil says that the Shammai tells you what Miklal, the Savre Beishamai, Hektish Betaos, Havi Hektish. So it could very well be this case might be a little bit different, but the fact that Basil says that the Beishamai indicates to us that Beishamai does hold Hektish Betaos, mistaken Hektish is binding. The Bible says that seems to go against the way Rav Papa set up the Mishnah, to which the Gemara says, Ella, Basil, who the Katao, so it's rather no. Gemara says no. Basil is actually mistaken about Beishamai Svara. They thought Sarvi Tamei the Beishamai who showed the Hekdish Betaos have a Hekdish. Basil thought that Beishamai's logic that Beishamai actually holds that mistaken Hekdish is binding and what? But in reality, Vamalu Beishamai love Mishum Hekdish Betaosu Ela Mishum Daatye Lidibure Kamo. So ultimately, again, Beishamai said back to Basil, no. In fact, we agree with you that hektish betaos is not hektish. So we'll say very interesting. So now with the way the Gemara is coming out over here is everyone agrees that mistaken hektish is not binding. I so what's happening with Beishamai in the Mishnah? What's happening with Beishamai in the Mishnah, we'll say, is ambiguous wording. Ambiguous wording. What ultimately, again, what the guy really means to say is the first of my black oxen which comes out will ultimately be Kodesh, but they do not mean to go ahead and in any way say that Hektish Betos is Hektish. I just want to show you, if you take a quick look at the rush, so I will say, so we are in the, in the wide lines of the rush, again, left-hand margin, four lines in. Mishun da'ati l'dibure, she diburo eno mashma kolkach lehedja, kimo shebeshame mefarshim oso, ulohaki karle hekdish betaos kilomar, hekdish shedome kitsas letaos, al mefarshim dvarov, velo havitaos vekadosh. So I will say, this is incredibly important. The way, the way Rav Papa is totally reinventing the Mishnah, right? Let, let's just, let's just a, take a pause for a moment and just understand What's happening over here? When we were introduced to this in the Mishnah, this again the Mishnah, the Mishnah framed this as a fundamental machlokus yeshayim v'yisrael about hekdish betaos. And we thought what we're discussing over here is a person mistakenly consecrates something. So we thought, and, and Beishamai says, even a mistaken consecration is binding. Beishilal says, no, it's not. Rav Papa says, that's not the case here. In fact, Rav Papa says, everyone agrees Hektish betaos is not hektish. A mistaken consecration is in fact not a binding consecration. That's what everyone is going to hold over here. So what's happening in the Mishnah? What's happening in the Mishnah, Bose, is a guy who's not speaking clearly. See, this is what happens. You don't speak clearly, right? You don't articulate your intentions clearly and concisely. So ultimately, again, you create confusion. So that's what's happening over here. The guy is creating confusion. And at the end of the day, what's occurring over here is that halacha l'maysa, what he really means to say is like this. He's got a couple of black oxen, right? A couple of black oxen. And what he means to say is the first of my black oxen which come out of my home will be Kodesh. 
and that's it. That and, and in fact, Beishama is going to say that's going to work. That's that that Lamaya says is going to work. What's the problem? The problem is he didn't phrase it that way. He's making it sound like the black ox which comes out of my house first. So which which one is it? Black or first? What 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 is it that matters to you? So Beishama says this is a problem of ambiguous lashon. But Lamaisa, according to Rav Papa, even Beishama is going to agree that a mistaken act of hektish does not create binding consecration. Incredible. So the Gemara challenges this again. We'll say two lines up from the bottom, 31a, Laman Aleph, Laman Aleph. Sorry, Beishamai Hegdish, Hegdish. So now you're telling me Beishamai holds that mistaken consecration or accidental consecration is not binding? What about the following? Tashma. Let's listen to this case. is a great case. A group of guys are walking together on the road. Walking together on the road. So we'll say, if you can imagine the following situation. Right? We have a chevrov. It's actually going to be a chevrov. Five guys. Right? Five guys. And what happens? The is walking. And they see Ruvain. Or I should say, they see someone approaching them. Watch this. So we'll say, what happens? Guy number one says, I'm a nazir. If that guy walking towards us is Ruvain. Okay, fine. The Echadomer, Harini Nazir, Shein Ziploni. Second guy says, I'm a Nazir. If that's not Ruvain walking towards us. Third guy says, Harini Nazir, Shein Mikan Nazir. Third guy says, Listen, I'll be a Nazir if one of you two guys is correct and become a Nazir. Fourth guy says, Shein Echad Mikan Nazir. Fourth guy says, I'll be a Nazir if neither of you first two guys are Nazirim, right? Ultimately, again, fifth guy says, Shishnechem Nazirim, I'll become a Nazir if both of you become Nazirim. And sixth guy says, Shakulchem Nazirim, I'll become a Nazir if all of you are Nazirim. Okay, fine. So let's say, so what happens over here? So Beshamay on Beshamay says, Kulam Nazirim. <laughs> Beshamay says, well, this is incredible. Beshamay says, the whole Chevra, they're all Nazirim. They're all Nazirim. Now, we'll say, now, now, what's going on over here? Now, we'll say, now, what is this a case of? Now, remember, this is a case of Hektish Betaos. Now, why is this case Hektish Betaos? We'll say, take a quick look. Take a look at the rush. So, the rush, we'll say, is in the right-hand margin. If you see Tosfis Amru, and you go, you just move your finger to the right and go two lines up, you'll be right at the rush. So watch this. Rush says, Now we'll say, now here's what's interesting. The, it's impossible for all of them to be Nazirim, right? Now, tech, why? On a technical level, why? Because remember again, the, what did the first two guys say? Guy number one said, if the person approaching us is Ruvain, I'm a Nazir. Guy number two said, if the guy approaching us is not Ruvain, I'm a Nazir. So by definition, both of them cannot be correct, which means that technically speaking, both of them cannot become Nazirim. Shema echad Nazir, ain't a base Nazir, So we'll say, so what's happening? For who I did hektish betaus, shor shach, shor shachin, v'yatzalavan, afagav lonus kaimu. So we'll say, now watch this. So the Gemara says, so what is this a case of? The fact that Beishamai says they're all Nazirim essentially means that hektish betaus have a hektish. That when you mistakenly consecrate something, ultimately again, it is consecrated. So according to Beishamai, listen, 
You guys made yourselves Nazirim. Ah, you made this tonight, you made that tonight. I don't care. I don't care about that tonight. Ultimately, again, your tonight is considered to be like a toast, like a mistake, and you're all Nazirim. So Trevos, according to this approach, when Ruvain says, when Ruvain says, right, the black ox which comes out of my house first is going to be hectic, and a white ox comes out, Beishamai will hold that it's the white ox that is going to be Kodesh because Hektish Bitoz have a Hektish. So just the point, this is arguing on Rav Papa, to which the Gemara says, Amri, Safri, Beishamai, Hektish Bitoz have a Hektish, Hachalo. So we'll say, see, here's what's interesting. Take a quick look, take a quick look at the Rosh for just a moment. Once again, so I will say, so now listen to this. So the Bach changes the gears over a little bit. He says, So look at the rush for just a moment. So the rush says, so listen to this, listen to this. So the Gemara wants to suggest as follows. It could very well be that in the case of Nazirim, Beishamai will say hektish betaos, namely, because Rebbe will say, in this case, they're all undertaking a nedir nazirus, and they're all assuming that what they're saying is true, right? Guy number one is confident that the person walking towards them is Ruvain. Guy number two is confident the person walking towards them is not Ruvain. Each of them is confident in the statement that they're making. So it could be in a case like that, Beishamai would say, in fact, Hektish betaos have hektish. That ultimately, again, this should be a valid act of consecration. It actually should work. It actually should work. But I will say, but the Gemara wants to suggest that's different than our Mishnah. Why is it different than our Mishnah? So finish up in the rush. He says, but the Mishnah could be interpreted differently. See, what the Gemara is suggesting is like this. In the case of the Nazirim, Beishamai will in fact say, Hektish betaos have hektish. And therefore, they're all going to be Nazirim because they all feel that the statement that they are making is absolutely and unequivocally true. And therefore, Halach Halamaisa, they're all going to be Nazirim. They will say, the case of the Mishnah, However, it could be understood in a different way, like Rav Papa said it. How do you understand the Mishnah? The case of the Mishnah is talking about a guy who has multiple black, black, black oxen. And what does, he mean to, what does he mean to say? He means to say, the first of my black oxen, which comes out of my home, will be hectish. The first one will be hectish. He phrased it in the wrong way. But ultimately, again, that's what he meant to say. And therefore, that's how we interpret it, not in the case of Hektish Betos. Fine. So I will say, what the Imam is just suggesting is as follows. Always, I'm sorry, I realize that for some reason my Zoom uh, picture is freezing. It's always interesting. I'm sure it's quite entertaining to see how the picture freezes, sometimes in the most awkward poses. But okay, I'm sure there's good fodder for a Purim spiel over here for someone. In any event, the Gemara goes right there. So anyway, what the Gemara is suggesting is as follows. 
What the Gemara is suggesting is that such a, by the way, it's such a, it's such a good Musr, if you think about it. Like we just learned Masil HaSisharim. What did we learn? Everything you do is recorded. So if you could imagine, like, every, way, every moment of life that we live is like a freeze frame before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, you know, can you imagine? You have to, a person has to live life thinking about if, if my image were to be frozen right now in what it is that I'm doing, would I be happy with that? Would I be happy with that, right? In other words, the freeze frame of whatever it is that I'm doing, would I, would I, would I be able to stand behind that action? Would I be confident and comfortable knowing that the emotional is seeing that? Yeah, there's most there's most in everything, even a slow internet connection uh, for Zoom. Okay, we'll say, so with that, let's go back there. So what the Gemara is suggesting is as follows. What the Gemara is suggesting is that Halach Lama maybe Beshama in fact, does hold hektish betals have hektish. Most is very important. So it's a little bit different than Rav Papa. Rav Papa was suggesting that Beishila, sorry, that Beishamai does not hold Hekdish Betaos Have Hekdish, that a mistaken consecration could be binding. Here, what we're suggesting is that no, mistaken consecration can be binding, but the Mishnah is not a case of Hekdish Betaos. Fine. Abayim Rabbi says, Lo Kasakadaitra Dikaim Bitsafra, Elahacha Bemayaskina, Dikaim Betira, Va'amar Shar Shachar Shiyetsin Ebisi Rishon, so we'll say, this is actually very interesting. The Gemara says, we'll say, Abayi says, how did we imagine, how did we imagine this case up until this point? We'll say, how, did, how did we imagine? So we imagined ultimately again that I'm standing, how do we imagine the case of the Mishnah? It's morning, right? I'm standing at my home. And what do I say? The black ox which comes out of my home first will be hectish. So really what I'm making is an anticipatory statement. Something's going to happen over the course of the day, and I'm making an anticipatory statement. Abayi says, maybe not. Literally what Abayi says is, don't assume, as you may have assumed before, that we're talking about a guy who's standing there making this declaration in the morning. What's the case? He's standing in the afternoon. Tira literally means, Rashi points out over here, it's Saharayim. He's standing in the afternoon, Ah, fascinating. You're both saying, maybe this is not a, maybe this is not a proscriptive statement, but rather like a future statement, but rather a retrospective statement. Meaning what? I'm standing in the afternoon. A whole bunch of oxen already came out of my house, white ones, black ones. And I say, the first of the black oxen, which already came out, should be hectic. Oh, so we'll say different case, different case. This is not prospective, right? This is not me standing in the morning saying what's going to happen, but rather this is me going ahead and shedding light on what already happened. The first black ox which came out of my house, that ox should be hectic. To which the Gemara says, now watch is Va'amrulay, love enough, and then they say to me, look, you know what? Silver, bad news, bad news. Well, not bad news, but just news. No black oxen came out of your house today, only white oxen. And I say, Okay, had I realized, right, had I realized that it was going to be white oxen that would come out of my house, I wouldn't have said black, I would have said white, or I wouldn't have said anything. I wouldn't have said anything. So I will say, so now this is a dramatically different case. Right, this is a, this is a dramatically different case. In fact, if you look at the rush, 
If you look at the Rash, the Rash says over here, Amar Shoshach Shetzik from Basi Rishon Yei Kodesh. Va'amru Lei Lavan Nafa. Va'amru Ila Yisi Odesh Yatsa Lavan Rishon Hayisi Omer Lavan. Shlabo said, "This is interesting." So the Rush's girsa is like this. Actually, what happens here is I'm standing at the end of the day, and I say the black ox that came out that had already come out of my house first should be hagdish, and then they tell me, "By the way, no black ox came out of your house." Only a white ox came out of your house. Now, the girsa of the rush is, then I say, oh, had I known that, I would have said white ox and not black ox. I would have said white ox and not black ox. So now the rush says, So I'll say, so now, so now, okay, so now, this is different. So now, I'll say, what's happening over here is, it becomes clear that my emphasis really was on rishon and not on color. So in fact, the color didn't matter, right? I, 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 the color didn't matter when I was making this declaration. What really mattered was first. So I was saying, so now, so here what's happening. So I was saying, just totally different reframing of the case. Again, not a prospective statement, but a retrospective statement. The black ox which already came out of my house first should be Kodesh. I'm then told no black ox came out, only a white ox. I say, oh, okay. Had I known that, I would have said white ox. To which the Gemara says, now watch this. So the Gemara, had I known that a white ox would come out, I would have never said black. I would have never said black, or according to the rush, I would have said white. So I'll say that's the case. And therefore, in that case, Beis Shammai says the white ox is consecrated, and Beis Hillel says it's not. The, we're going to see the problem is, so you're telling me now, we're talking about a case of a guy who's standing there in the afternoon and making a retrospective statement. V'ha'katani, Rabbi look at the rest of the cases in the Mishnah. V'ha'katani, dinar shalzav shiyala. So I'll say, but it says, what, what was the second case? I say, you know what? The gold dinar that I pick up first should be Kodesh. That I pick up is a, is a prospective, is a future statement. So, so what do you mean, what do you mean a retrospective? Switch the says, you're right. Tani sha'alsa. Change it. Change it to a retrospective statement. Right? And I say the first gold dinner that I had already picked up. And once again, they tell me, by the way, you didn't pick up a gold dinner. You picked up a silver dinner. I'm Rav Chista. So Rav Chista says this. I'm sorry. But one second. What about the barrel of wine? That was the, that was the next case in the Mishnah. I say the first barrel of wine that I, should, that I pick up should be hectish. And then... It turns out that I picked up a barrel, a barrel of oil. Tanisha also, once again, change it to a retrospective statement, past tense. Fine. Anel Chista. So I'll say, so again, so therefore, just to point out over here, so Abayi is understanding it to be that I'm making a retrospective statement. It then turns out that they point out to me the statement that I made was incorrect. And I say, oh, had I realized that it would have been a white ox that came out first, I would have said white and not black. So Beishamah says, oh, in that case, the white ox is going to be consecrated. Beis Hillel says, no, the white ox is not consecrated. So we'll say now a secondary statement. Amar of Christo, uchma bechivra lakyo, chivra bochma lakyo. So we'll say an interesting case. If you look at Rashi over here, so we'll say, so this is Rashi, um, it is two, four, six, about nine lines from before it gets wide. Literally translate. Amar of Christo, uchma bechivra lakyo, shor shachar ben alabanim kachosh, who destroyed Lavan Adiftfei? So let's say if you have a black, if you have a black ox living amongst white oxen, 
ultimately, again, the black ox is considered to be of inferior quality. So the point of it that Rav Chista is making is the white ox is a superior ox. Superior ox. On the other hand, but if you have a white ox with black spots, apparently black spots on a white ox compromise the health of the white ox. Okay. So the Mark says, Tanan. So we'll say, so the point over here is it sounds like, it sounds like, the, now the takeaway from this, I will say, you say, what am I supposed to do with this information? We're supposed to do the information is Rav Chista saying, a white ox is a better type of ox. Better type of ox. And I watch this. Tanan. Based on this, what do we learn in the Mishnah? So we'll say, now based on this, it's interesting. If a white ox is considered to be superior to a black ox, then Lemaisa, again, the case of the Mishnah was, I'm saying, the black ox that comes out first from my home will be Kodesh. But if I have white oxen and black oxen, black and white oxen, why would I be Makdish the black ox if the white ox is superior? After all, again, the boss says this thing that when a person is maktish something, he's maktish it in a stingy way. I say ayin ra means that I'm not maktish in the most um, generous fashion, right? Ayin ra literally means stingy. So does this mean when I'm maktish something, I'm not maktish it in the most generous way, right? I'm maktish it in a stingy way. That's I'm going to give the black ox and not the white ox. Amri beishamai havi hektish. And Beishamai says, ultimately again, that it's hektish. So I will say, now, now here's what's interesting. Now remember, according to what we're seeing over here, I said, right, remember, my statement was, the black ox that comes out of my house first will be Kodesh. Ro said, then what happens? A white ox comes out, and what did Beishamai say? The white ox is going to be Kodesh. So according to Beishamai, what do you see from here? The Elamai, Ba'ayin Makdish. Ultimately, again, according to Beishamai, what do you see? You see from here that Halach Elamaisa, that Halach Elamaisa, that Allah is according to Beishamai, so I, according to Beishamai, excuse me, you're Makdish Ba'ayin Yofa, right? In a generous way. And therefore, Allah said, the white ox becomes Kodesh. To which the Gemara says, one second. If a person says, the first gold dinner that I lift up should be Kodesh, and I end up picking up a silver dinner. Beishamai Omrim Hekdish. Ultimately, again, Beishamai says it's Hekdish. Now, what's Hekdish? The silver. The silver. According to this, it must be that according to Beishamai, when you're Makdish, ultimately again you're Makdish in a stingier fashion. So what about the case? If I pick up a barrel of wine, the first barrel of wine I pick up should be Kodesh. And it turns out that what? It turns out that I pick up a barrel of oil. Beishamai says ultimately again the barrel is Hekdish. I Shemen Adif Miyayin. But oil is better than wine. I will say it's such a fascinating statement, right? Oil is more valuable than wine. To which the Gemara says, It's not a question. I about a case in the Galil. And the Galil apparently, again, there was more oil than wine, and therefore wine was more expensive than oil. To which the Gemara says, But I will say, here's the problem. What do we do according to the Reisha? The first case, according to Rav Chista. Ultimately, again, why would Bishamai say that Allah the first, right, that the white ox is Hagdish? What are we talking about over here? Ultimately, we're talking about a special type of ox, a Karmenoin Tura, right? Literally, again, a Karmenoin ox, a Karmenoin ox. 
that ultimately, again, this was considered to be halacha lemaisa, a more valuable ox. So we'll say, so the rush says over here, shushave yoser, so therefore, amishnu movas al stam shar lavan, so we'll say it's quite possible that ultimately, again, the, we're talking about a Kamenoi axe. A Kamenoi axe is more expensive, and therefore it could very well be that in general, Adam Makdish Ba'ayin Ra. When a person is Makdish something, he's Makdish it in a more stingy fashion, and we're talking about this specialized type of axe. So Amr of Chista, Uchma Lemeshicha. Ultimately, again, a black ox is more is used for its hide. Sumka Lebisra, a red ox is used for its meat. Chivra Liridia, a white ox is used for plowing. Vamra Fista Uchma Bechivra Lakya. I but we said before that Lamaisa again a white ox is considered to be a superior ox. Ki Amri Bitumati Kamonoi. What type of white ox is considered to be a superior ox? Kamonoi ox. Okay, so we'll say so this is the end of the sugya. So what, what are we left with over here? So remember, so first of all, I'll just point out that this this last machlokis that the Gimar brought up over here of Ayin Ra versus Ayin Yafa, when a person is Makdish something, what do we assume a person is being Makdish? Is a person generous in their Hektish and automatically is Makdish the nicest thing? Or do we assume that a person is stingy in their Hektish and is going to be Makdish, but it's not going to necessarily give away the farm when they're being Makdish? So that in of itself is a Makhlokis. Let's leave that on the side. But I will say, what do we do with the general Makhlokis, right? What's our general Makhlokis? Our general Makhlokis is Hektish Bitaos. When someone makes a mistaken declaration of Hegdish, is that binding or not? That is the fundamental question, fundamental machlokes. So I must remember again, the problem we have over here is there's a machlokes if that's even a machlokes, okay? In other words, you have the opinion of Rav Papa who holds that no, even Beishamai holds Hegdish ta'os lohabe Hegdish. Everyone agrees, everyone agrees. And he reframes the Mishnah. But at least the way the Mishnah reads on a Pashat level is that this is a fundamental machlokes between Meshach and Meshach. So I'll say, how do we paskin? Is a mistaken hekdish considered to be an active hekdish or not? So I'll say, the Ramman paskins in Hilchos Erchen Vecharamin, Perek Zayin Halach This is the conclusion of the Sugya. The Ramman says, I'll say, here it is, here it is. Hekdish Taos Eino Hekdish. That's it. Ramman says, a mistaken declaration of hektish is not binding. And he gives an example. Ketzad, Haomer, Shor Shachar Shiyatsami Bayis Rishon, Harehu Hektish, Viyatsa Lavan, Eno Hektish. Abbas al Ramam explicitly, explicitly quotes our case. I say, the black ox that comes out of my house first should be hektish. And it turns out that a white ox comes out first. What's the halacha? It's not hektish. It's not hekdish, right? So I'll say, so, and now, by the way, what, what that's predicated on is the way the rabbi really understands that statement. The way that the halach is is that really what I'm being makdish is the, is, the, is the first ox that comes out of my house first if it's black. So therefore, again, halach, if it's not black, but it's white, ultimately, again, it's not hekdish. So I'll say, that's how he pass in halach, hekdish betos, eno hekdish. A mistaken consecration ultimately, again, is not binding. Now, I will share with you, and this I'll conclude. As much as we pass in hektish betaos, lo have hektish, mistaken consecration is not binding. Halacha lemaisa, hashkafa lemaisa, we pass in a little bit different. I will say there is a magnificent idea by the Lublin Rav, right? Our Rebbe, Rameir Shapiro of Lublin, Lublin Rav, the founder of Dafyomi. 
So Blina Rav says as follows, we both say he paskins, he says something amazing. What does he mean, heck, to remember, Beishamai holds, hektish toos hektish. A mistaken consecration is hektish. So Blina Rav writes, Hainu, listen to this, Shalapamim, this is an incredible way to go into davening. The Blina Rav says, sometimes when we daven, we don't daven with kavana. We don't daven with kavana. In other words, I'm saying the words, but there's no kavana. He says, my mouth and my heart are not aligned. My heart has kavana, but my mouth is just like spewing words. nikra hekdish taos. So I listen to this. The Blina Rav says, atfila of davening without kavana is like a hektish taos. I'm consecrating something, but it's not a complete consecration. It's not, it's not, it's not a regular, it's, it's a little bit of a mistaken consecration. There's a disconnect between the heart and between the mouth. And I'm about to say, ultimately, again, says the Lina Rav, how do we paskin hashkafa lemaisa? Hektish taos hu hektish. Hektish taos, how do you like the Lashon of the Mishnah? Hektish taos, hektish. Even Abosai, if you're consecrating something in your Avodas Hashem, and your consecration is not a complete consecration, and by the way, it's not just by davening, right? It's by mitzvahs in general. Sometimes Abosai, you know, behaviorally, I'm doing the things I need to be doing, but there's no heart. There's no hearts. There's no kavana. There's no zerizos. There's no excitement. There's no passion to it. So sometimes we think that if there's no kavana, there's no heart attached to my avodas Hashem, that it doesn't mean anything, that it's worthless, comes the Lublina Rav and says, Chas v'shalom. We paskin hashkafa lemaisa hekdish taos hekdish. Even if it's a mistaken consecration, even if it's a tefillah without kavana, even if it's mitzvah without kavana, even though it's not the way it should be, it's still so meaningful in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch. We say for Abosai, halocha lemaisa, we paskin like the Rambam, and therefore, hektish taos is not hektish. Mistaken consecration is not consecration. But ashkafa we paskin like the Lublina Rav. And when it comes to our avodas Hashem, obviously my goal is that I should have complete hektish, complete kavan on everything that I'm doing. But even if at the end of the day it's hektish taos, and behaviorally I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but there's no kavana, there's no heart, just no hektish taos, hektish. It's still meaningful in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because by the Rebbe as long as he sees that we're trying to do something, that I'm pushing myself in some way, that gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu tremendous tachas. Rebbe Osai, shkoyach, shkoyach, thank you for allowing me to still be able to learn with you even virtually. I look forward to Emirat Hashem to be back live with you, uh, live with you, Emirat Hashem, of this afternoon. But Emirat Hashem tomorrow morning for sure. And I wish everyone an incredible day. Shkoyach, Rebbe Osai.